Beyond the Fairways. With PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. This is Beyond the Fairways. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's Jay Delsing, who played in over 700 PGA events. And our guest on Beyond the Fairways this week, 17 LPGA Tour wins, two major championships, a top analyst on the PGA Tour for CBS, and that's Dottie Pepper. First and foremost, Jay Bird, always great to see you. Danny, good morning. Always great to be with you. And uh, I can't wait to talk with Dottie Pepper. You know, she's old school. She was a fierce competitor, and now she does, I feel like she does just a great job with CBS and walking the fairways and and dropping some knowledge on us. Yeah, that's one of the things I want to get into, and we've had so many great guests from Curtis Strange, Andy North, involved in television, uh, David Faraday. You can go, by the way, back on our podcast, Beyond the Fairways, and listen to those. But I, I always ask, how did you get started in TV? You go from being one of the top players on your respective tour to all of a sudden, you're behind the microphone. Right. And you know, what's interesting with Dottie is that she played before the, you know, the LPGA is gaining more steam and more steam. Danny, the product is fantastic. They always had really good players. You know, back in the day, they played for less money, just like you know, just like we did. And the only real television voice, I think, was Judy Rankin, you know, yes. and she's a rock star. And so it'll be interesting to see what Dottie says and, and uh, who her influences and who she looked up to. And she'll have some good stories, too. Well, the other part of this, too, is that she's tied in because of being on the PGA Tour to watching Tiger Woods in his prime to what we're seeing now. Phil Mickelson, and I really want to get her thought, uh, as you said, she is really old school. I want to get her thoughts on LIV and where she stands with this. Oh yeah, I should, I think it'll be I think it'll be great. You know, I'm not going to bring this up to her, but you know, she's right on the cusp of getting into the Hall of Fame. She was a, a finalist this year in 2023 and didn't get in. I'm sure she's going to get in next year, but two major 17 championships on the LPGA Tour. Just a great champion and a great ambassador for the game of golf. And a final thought before we visit with Dottie Pepper. Another thing I want to ask about is just the comparison of the men's game to the ladies and what we see. Ladies are so technically sound, so I'm I'm interested in what she has to say about that. She's a sharp, smart person, well-read. Yeah, it's going to be a fun interview. I can't wait. All right, Dottie Pepper is coming up. She'll be our guest on Beyond the Fairways. Tip segment, we're going to talk about hybrids against irons, and that's something that we talk about a lot in the game of golf. Innovations in golf. I'm going to get Jay's thoughts on the Netflix series, which is called Full Swing, behind the scenes and a look at the tour. It's had Spieth, Morikawa, Kepka, Scheffler. Obviously, the tour has changed, so innovations in golf. Should we be miking up golfers on the course? So that's something we're going to talk about. And the PGA Tour has a stop at the uh, Wells Fargo Championship Quail Hollow Golf Course, and we'll give our picks of the week as well. Coming up, it's Dottie Pepper on Beyond the Fairways. And Beyond the Fairways is presented by Darty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. 
They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. It's time for the Beyond the Fairways Player Profile. Let's get back to Jay and Dan. Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions, Jay Delsing, Dan McLaughlin, and it is our pleasure to welcome into our podcast, Dottie Pepper, 17 LPGA Tour wins, two major championships, and one of the best at covering the sport on CBS. And Dottie, thanks so much for your time and, and having a little chat with us. Thanks. I, I look forward to whatever we throw out there. It's always fun, Dottie. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, I, I want to talk to you about the LPGA Tour because I just love the product. I love watching what they're doing right now. Talk to us a little bit about the biggest differences I think that you see from when you played to what we're seeing now. Well, it's, it's certainly a worldwide tour. I, I remember being in, in Japan in, in the well, when when Norman first proposed his world tour idea and Charlie Meacham, the commissioner at the time, saying, we're just going to hold our course. We're not going to be overtaken by this because we already are a world tour. <laughs> well, it's even more so now <laughs> because I, I was at the what they called the commission. It was Tuesday of the Chevron Championship, the old Dinah from from our days. Uh, and they had leaders of sports and business and with a particular focus on women's sports. And the LPGA had put together this, it was a, a global, so you got a real look at the LPGA schedule. And it was absolutely dizzying because of all the time they spend in the Far East and now spending even more time in Europe than than we did before. So if you want frequent flyer miles, just hit up an LPGA <laughs> player because they probably don't want them themselves for other than maybe a vacation or is that a staycation? What you're saying, I don't think the, the listener has any sort of clue. Someone last year did this brilliant overview, had the globe on a, a, a piece of paper on a, a post and had these little lines drawn from where the LPGA flew to and how they did it. And it was, yes. it was staggering. I mean, it's, it's beyond belief where you guys would go from point A to point B. That's exactly the, the, the sort of uh, graphic I was talking about. And, you know, and it was also, I, I think people forget that the LPGA had felt the impact and knew about COVID coming faster than anybody else because they were already over in that, in that arena. Mike Wan and his staff knew something was up faster than anybody else uh, when it came over domestically. It's fascinating, your perspective, I think, in covering the men's tour, but also having played at such a high level on the LPGA tour. A simple question, what are the biggest differences you see from the women's game to the men's game? Strength and speed, and that's about it. I think the guys might be a little more creative because they have the strength to get out of difficulties uh, a little easier than the girls, but the, the margin is is definitely narrowing. Uh, as the girls train differently, as equipment has continued to improve, that gap has, has definitely shrunken. And it's also interesting, too, if you, and Jay and I talk about this a lot, technically, if you watch a female 
swing the golf club, it looks like technically a perfect swing. Where with guys, it could be going all over the. I mean, John Rahm's a great example. You watch him swing; it's just technically not as sound as maybe watching what you're seeing on the LPGA tour. Would you agree? I would, and I think think strength is a part of that. You can you can mask some some need for compensation if you have the strength that a lot of the male players do. But I, I would say you know you're starting to get players like like Nelly Corda, and if you go back a decade, even Brittany Lincecombe, that are crazy strong, and they also have very technically sound golf swings. So when you put those two together, uh, you really have a great weapon. Daddy, when I watch Nelly swing the golf club, it reminds me of Tiger Woods. It remi- She does it so elegantly, but has so much power. Yeah, I would say too. And I, and I think if you go back and look at Michelle Wee when she was age 15, there were a lot of those similarities too. You could, you could compare... Her shoulder turn at age 15 to what Ernie Ells had, um, what Tiger had, the extension, the power, the explosiveness, all of that. But watching um, Nelly swing a golf club, is people pay attention because you can learn a lot just by watching. I think it's great perspective that you could have on this, too. You grew up, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your dad was a Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned Michelle Wee who seem to be programmed at such a young age. And all these kids seem to be programmed to play just one sport. When you see that, what, what do you think coming from your background to what you're seeing today in the game of golf? He, in many ways, held me back because I wanted to be all in really probably too early. And he saw burnout as a, as a big problem. He saw specialization, early specialization, as a big problem. So I skied all winter. I didn't play golf um, from sunup to sundown 365 and I think it probably helped me because there wasn't you were so yearning for the golf season to come in April growing up in, in upstate New York that there really wasn't that much of a chance to do it. And it was a it was a difficulty for me or it's just um, an adjustment for me when I went to college, because although it was cold in the upstate of South Carolina at Furman during the winter, we could still play all year long. And I'd never had to balance that. I think um, the early specialization and parents being helicopter or lawnmower parents or whatever you want to call them, uh, being overly involved in youth sports and and the revenue of youth sports, there's a a long list of not so pretty, pretty outcomes. Dottie, we've had Tom Watson on the show, Andy North, a bunch of guys you know, and I'm from St. Louis and, and did the same thing you did. When the mm-hmm. leaves changed, we played basketball. When we played football, right. Andy North and Tom Watson were both talking about how it just kind of made them hardier. It made them, like you said, man, when is it going to get warm enough to play golf? Because around Christmas time, I didn't even know where my clubs were. Yeah, same thing. The, the most I ever did during the winter was hit pitch shots into a, in a into a sheet that my dad rigged up in the basement. That was a, that was it. Again, the, the ceiling was too low to take a full swing, so I just pit, hit pitch shots. That's that awesome. <laughs> I lived in the basement, Dottie, and I'm 6'5 now. I don't think I could have even walked down there. It's like a dungeon, <laughs> but my brother and I lived down there. I don't know how the hell we did it. That's incredible. So what, what were some of the other things, in, and Jay mentioned – Andy North, Tom Watson, Curtis Strange was another one we had. And they all have said, if we could do it differently, we'd finish our round. And instead of going to pound balls, we'd go around the green. We'd putt. We would work in our short game 90% of the time after our round was finished. Where do you see – Where do, well, first of all, where do you stand on that? And what do you see now on the PGA Tour with guys maybe potentially doing that? I think it's where, where you – where the bills are paid, yeah. Um, what turns what turns um, a round of seventy three into seventy, and and we all have those days. 
you can't oversell the value of a good solid short game with some creativity. And yeah, so now a lot of the guys, yeah, you'll see them go to the range for just a tiny bit. They're spending more time, the great players on their short game. And then they'll go actually cool down, warm down, which we did not do. So there, there's a big emphasis on recovery that I think will probably help these guys long term because you're now training for speed. And we didn't really do that, but there's there's a risk and there's a there's some wearing of the human body by training for speed. So if they can go to the other side of that and start to work on the recovery mode, whether it's cryotherapy or ice baths or whatever it might be, I think you can get by with a lot of that and still see the positive benefit. There's a price to be paid for this kind of speed. People don't realize, you know, every single iron shot we hit, we're taking a piece of turf out of here. I can tell Correct. you, my body's a disaster at 62. Yeah, and and these guys, what, their ice baths in the cryo, I mean, it's all this Tiger Woods effect, isn't it? So much money at stake. It is. And I think if you go prior to Tiger, I mean, people used to laugh at Norman because he would, he would work out before a round. That was never heard of. So it's been little by little by little, it's been stepped up. And now you're seeing people that are training, whether it's, and it's that all encompasses, not just being on the golf course. This is, we're in the gym. It's what you're putting into your body and how you're taking care of it post round. How did TV start for Dottie Pepper? I told Judy Rankin, I wanted her job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, what a sweetheart she is. What and, And how good. Oh man. The best. The best. I wouldn't have cared if I was in local television chasing high school kids around for a story. Post-playing, I really wanted to get into communications somewhere. I remember saying that to Judy. It was we, They did the sit-down, sort of the fire fireside chat, one of those old um, Wendy's three-tour challenges. And they asked the question of everybody, when you finish playing golf, what do you want to do? And I point blank said to her, I want your job. <laughs> That's great. We, you know, we, we still laugh about that. But she was my really first push to doing any television. I had won um, my second major in 99. And in that summer, the women's amateur was coming to Asheville at Biltmore Forest Golf Club. And it was an off week on the LPGA schedule. And Judy said, I think you should do this this week. Do it with me. I think you'd be okay. Would, would it be okay if I talked to the people at ESPN about doing that? And I said, well, yeah, sure. So um, that was really the beginning of it for me. I played another five years on tour, but that was my true beginning. Dottie and Jay, if you can hold on for just a moment, want to tell our listeners about BetterHelp. This episode of Beyond the Fairways brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Pod and get on your way to being your best self. BetterHelp's mission is to encourage people to invest in themselves. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. They facilitate over 5 million video sessions, voice calls, chats, and messages every month. It is easy, affordable, and access to high-quality therapy. Since 2013, there's been over 30,000 licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapists from BetterHelp's network. Amazingly, they have helped more than 2 million people face life's challenges to improve their mental health. So many of us believe that they don't need therapy or a therapist. However, we've heard from so many people that have used a therapist at BetterHelp and they found relief in just talking to somebody. It is impactful. 
So many have said they feel like a different person after working with a therapist at BetterHelp. It could be past trauma, anxiety, or just need to talk to somebody about life. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, think BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Beyond the Fairways is brought to you by BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash BTFPOD. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash BTFPOD, and you'll get 10% off your first month. Again, BetterHelp.com slash BTFPOD. Give online therapy a try and get on your way to being your best self. You were one hell of a front runner. I look at these. You won by two, by three, by three, by four, by six. You won your major championship in 99 by six strokes. Talk a little bit about that mentality, how difficult that is and how you did that. I was pretty decent at keeping the, my foot on the gas pedal, but I also was absolutely awful if you look at my playoff records. So you can't, I, there's, there's a big disconnect there. Somehow I didn't, I won my first event uh, on tour in a playoff and I won my first major in a playoff, but I think that was, that was essentially, I didn't do much more in playoffs than that. Uh, it was pretty awful, dreadful. A lot of times people get in the lead and they get afraid of it and they forget how they got there. And so now we're going to play differently when in fact, you just keep doing what you're doing. And that was, that was great advice I got early on in my career. When you covered the PGA tour, like you do basically every single weekend, how close are you with the players or how do you separate that with trying to be completely objective to what you have to do? Because you have to have a relationship with the players to get information, right. but yet you also have to tell the truth to the viewers. So how, how much do you uh, toe the line on that? I tell the line by having a very professional relationship with the players. They know I'm not going to throw them under the bus just to make a statement. But I think they also know that I played at the level I did, and that helps. They also know that I know the game's really hard. And I just kind of call it as I played it and as I see it. I haven't had too much sandpaper as a result, I guess, is a way to put it. You know, I I greatly admire the, the players that, that I cover because, you know, it's hard being on the road. It's a difficult game. It's hard personally to, to balance everything off the golf course, on the golf course. And I try to try to be empathetic to a lot of that while still covering it in a really factual manner. I got to work with Fox a little bit and, and just get to mm-hmm. really engulf myself in the LPGA game is the South Koreans and that, and that whole phenomenon, the Siri Pak can you take us back and talk a little bit about that? Because I can remember when she first came on board, and now, mm-hmm. man, it's it's a tidal wave. The series coming out party was in 1998 when she won the LPGA Championship, and that was that was a bit of a light bulb turning on the first click. Uh, but when she won the U.S. Women's Open later that summer, that was full tilt. Gosh, it, it was um, a game changer for women's sports in that part of the world. And part of it was because when, when the Korean national television came on every morning, the national anthem was played. And one of the things, one of the, the bits of video that was run every day was Sari Pak on the 72nd hole at Whistling Straits, or not Whistling Straits, um, golf course at Kohler, where she won that women's open. Was it Black Wolf Run? Uh, it was Black, Black Wolf, Wolf Run. run yeah. Yeah, yeah. Filled in, yeah, they filled in the water to the left. Now, when they played the, the Wonderful World of Golf with that match with Ernie Els, it was open. And it was sort of a kind of a waste bunker. 
But during the women's open, it was filled in with water. And they show her with water up to her calves, hitting the shot out of the edge, making bogey, getting into the playoff, and then ultimately winning. So when you're you're looking at that as a model of what could be every morning as a young child, you believe it. Parents pushed kids and they pushed them hard. And you saw five years later, six years later, an entire flood coming to the LPGA Tour. And frankly, playing on their own KLPGA Tour and also on the Japanese Tour. So it it was really a a worldwide movement. Dottie, with your father having been a professional athlete, so you were around professional sports a little bit, and you talked about growing up with that and what you did in the basement. Uh, Who were your Mm -hmm. biggest influences in, in getting involved in golf or just generally in sports? My heroes as a kid playing were Seve on the men's side, um, Nancy Lopez on the <clears throat> on the women's side. I got a chance to play with people that were icons. It's just the time that I came up. So my first major as an LPGA member, the Dabisco, the, the Dinah, I was paired with Louise Suggs. Oh, my and, gosh. Right? I mean, that's crazy. That is insane. Uh, Marilyn Smith was around all the time. Kathy Whitworth was still playing on a regular basis when I was a rookie and a second-year player. In 1990, she was my first Solheim Cup captain. So these are all all those touches on on greatness that I was so fortunate to be around. Even if they weren't playing for a lot a lot of the years that I did, they were still around. And you couldn't help but just be in awe of what they did. So let's advance the story. Now you're in broadcasting and you're working with Jim Nance and Vern Lundquist and guys that are really legends of uh, being behind the mic. So who are your influences and who's really helped you along on the broadcast side too? Certainly Judy. Uh, Mike Tirico was hugely helpful early on and, and remains a very, very good friend and confidant about not only I mean, just personally, we used to be roommates at the at the Masters, but just uh, his the way he prepares for shows and how he critiques his shows. Vern Lundquist has become a dear, dear friend. And the way Vern in particular uses his voice as an instrument. He can say not a whole lot, and you know exactly that this moment is really important. Those three are, are hugely important. But I think back into production, too. I mean, Tommy Roy gave me my first real big chance at NBC, and one of his biggest things was that microphone doesn't know if you're male or female, and I want you to talk about the game the way you played it. Okay, I, can, I think <laughs> I can do that. It's not easy doing what you're doing when you're walking around. There's a whole timing you get. You have to get in and out. It's hard to learn. And Curtis was talking just a couple of weeks ago with us talking about how powerful silence is. No question. It, it lets the drama of the moment build. It's even more valuable, I think, now because the pictures are so good. The quality of the stuff that those camera operators churn out, whether it's on the jib, whether it's on a on just a regular handheld, whether it's on, you know, from a drone, just let it breathe. And there was a, there's a common denominator with Curtis because we both worked for Mike McQuaid at ESPN. Mike's big thing was, unless you have something that greatly adds to the story, don't bother. Good way to avoid the drivel of, of, of a long show that doesn't necessarily need to be filled with words all the time. I loved what you said about, it doesn't matter, male or female behind the mic. I am the father of four, two of which are daughters. Jay has got four daughters. So we, we pray are- Pray for me, Donnie. Yeah, pray for both of us. Um, <laughs> I was going to send you a sympathy call. <laughs> thank you very much. We need it. So the, the point would be, though, you're, you're covering a male-dominated sport, at least on your side of it, because you're on the, the PGA Tour covering this. 
Did you have any obstacles to get over in doing that? Or was it pretty smooth sailing once you got in because they knew you were an upper echelon player when you played? When I started in, in 2005 at USA with Thursday, Friday coverage of the, the PGA Tour, um, you just didn't even bother start walking, looking at bunkers until 265, 275, cover bunkers. Uh, and that was, even if that was into the wind, it was probably more like that. The other bit of advice I was given was by Roger Maltby, and he was talking about covering Tiger. And he said, just be aware that you never say he doesn't have a shot. So you can't go Rossi on Tiger <laughs> uh, because, right? Because he'll make you look like a fool faster than anybody else who's ever played the game. And how many times have we, we have been tempted to say, oh, he's got no shot. And then, you know, he's got 10 feet for birdie. We had David Faraday on the show and he talked about this, this example when they were playing at Akron in the World Series of Golf. And David had just told Lanny in the booth that Tiger had no shot and Tiger proceeded to hit it about a foot from the hole, you know, and Faraday and his beauty had an off-color description. Yes. And everybody kind of went crazy and Ernie Els had a comment that snuck on air that wasn't supposed to. I know you know all those (laughs) stories. But really is interesting, isn't it, when you get these golf lovers and they love going to the men's game, but going back to what Danny said and what your comment was, I really think if you want to learn the game or try to improve your game, even if you're a male amateur, you can learn more from the women. I just feel like it's it's so much easier to, to watch and understand and relate to. Agreed. And, and if you have the opportunity to go to an LPGA event, go hang out at the range. Go hang out around the putting green and see how they practice. See the things that they're working on, how they're keeping it very basic and getting so much out of it because I, I think people do get lost. They get sort of caught up in the jet wash of the, of the PGA tour golf swings when we, we physically can't do that. Let's also ask you before we let you go. And I, I we could talk for a long time. So just buckle up. Um, <laughs> so Dottie, you, you've covered tiger. Now you're seeing him in the, the tough times. And it, for anybody that watched the masters, it was, it was really gut wrenching to watch him just even make the cut, which was amazing. Yeah. You know, where are you at in, in watching tiger now and, and just thinking about his career? Well, I, I think I've been, you know, like so many other announcers that you've, you've interviewed, you're just privileged to be able to watch, watch him play golf and how he's, change the game and now we're seeing that next generation and how he he paved uh, paved the way but just set a different bar for them where the only thing that matters when I mean, you look look at justin thomas now i'm hanging with tiger he's on the only thing that matters is i'm winning that's all tiger said you know winning takes care of everything it pains me to watch him go through what he's doing because you know that it just it hurts to just get out of bed and get back in bed. And that's his his will to fight. It's his will to win. And prediction here, I think he's going to save PGA Tour champions. <laughs> not that far down the road. <laughs> that, that could, um, you know, he's not going to have to walk. And that's the thing that, that is so difficult for him. I think that that tour goes, goes on a rocket ride uh, as soon as he goes back out there. He loves beating Absolutely. people. Absolutely. You bet he does. <laughs> What, what do you think, by the way, as we continue to talk about some of the guys that are making headlines, but where are you at with Liv and how that has affected the PGA Tour and just golf in general? I am not a fan, and I'm not a fan at all. And I, and I come at it from, the, from a female perspective because that the group that is funding all of this has little or no value for, for females in general. Um, but I also think it's really – its foundation, its roots are in the vengeance of – 
Craig Norman going back to 1993 and 1994. And he finally got somebody to bankroll it. I think maybe the PGA Tour overreacted a little bit based upon um, the threat. And, you know, we, we don't know what it's all going to what it's, what's all going to come out because of the lawsuits that are still flying around. And I think it's kind of sad that you have to sound like you have a legal degree even to talk about this whole the whole topic. It is what it is right now. There's some space for it to kind of coexist. I mean, the majors keeping themselves open by qualification, I think, is wonderful. But the, you are always trying to get the best players together at the most times we can during the year. I greatly fear for the LPGA Tour. If this doesn't work or the Saudis all of a sudden turn cold on this, where does it leave those players who have decided to go to that tour? But where does it leave the LPGA? Is that their next target? You know, I'm in the weeds on this stuff. And as a dad of four daughters, very pro-female, as you can imagine. And I almost found it offensive, this last thing that Norman said this past week about um, the LPGA and he's been talking to this. I, it, it, there's there's so much talking out of both sides of your mouth and your actions speak way louder than your words and your history. And as you said, the complete disregard for women in general. And then you're going to come over and, and talk to the best players in the world and offer them ungodly amounts of money and act play right. nice. And by the way, the timing of that wasn't by accident. It was Tuesday of the first major of the year. It pissed me off too, Dottie. It just really yeah, pissed me I, off. That I was not happy when I when I listened to that press conference. And I, I just thought it was there's a there's a pattern there. Dottie, the child childishness that of the Greg Norman Phil Mickelson experience here has just mm-hmm. it, it's worn me out. I gotta tell you, I I was never the player I hoped to be on tour. I didn't make the money. I didn't win the championships. But I love the game, and the game provided, and it continues to provide. And this is just disrespectful to me. It's always been a look at me for those two particular people. And I think there's there's so much greed and unhappiness at the root of it that it makes me, it makes me sad. I have to give Phil, and I hate to do this, but out of fairness – I mean, what the hell he did at Augusta? I I found myself going, holy smokes, is he going to win this event? I mean, could, well. could Rom have a, a you know some problems coming in? And I was all over that. He's I, still great theater. It is amazing. Of course it is. And, and I think, too, that's why, why it is good that the majors still have that. But on a day-to-day basis, if you're going to go chase that, whatever you want to call live, then just go. Just be there. <laughs> but... If you want to come back and if you qualify for the major championships, if you've played, continued to play well enough in them, peak yourselves for those, then I think the doors is is justifiably and it, it should be open. We'll see how long you know that lasts. I don't know what's going to happen with the official world golf ranking. I don't think anybody does. That huge lawsuit is still hanging out there as well. Now, it was a big ding, I think, against the live players to have had the European decision come down the way it did. That particular door seems to have closed or is going to get more expensive to open. Hey, Dottie, I'm going to try to end this on a really bright note, okay? (laughs) I think it was you that was getting crowd-surfed with Bill Murray at uh, Pebble Beach. Am I right about that? Did he throw you up and everybody started, you know, doing a little crowd-surfing with you? He did. It was was actually 2016. It was my first uh, AT&T Pebble Beach with CBS. (laughs) And completely caught off guard there was zero planning to it 
And all I when I came in, you know, the whole production trailer was aghast at what happened. And all Steve <laughs> Milton, our director, kept saying that was running through his head. This could end very poorly. This could end very poorly. <laughs> now, what was running through your head, though? That's the most important. Please you don't guys, drop yeah, me. How fast? How fast can I get to my chiropractor? <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. That's awesome. That was wild. It was absolutely. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Dottie, we so enjoy your commentary. I loved watching you. I got to I, play a couple practice rounds of the JC Penny with you and, and yeah. just loved the way that you competed and, and love what you're doing for the game. Just please keep doing it. And, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Well, I have to, I'm going to close with one Jay Delsing story. This is not going to, this shouldn't terrify you at all, but you did terrify me <laughs> uh, back during that JC Penny. We were staying off site in another hotel on, like it was a route 19. I think that goes up through Tarpon Springs. Oh yeah. And I was out, I was out late walking my dog and you were running and you, I don't you had come in from a run and you came around the corner and I screamed and you screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Dottie, I used to do that just to blow some steam off, right? you know, just to try to, but, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I would pick odd times to do that. I do remember that story. It freaked us both out. Hey Dottie, thank you so much. And uh, I truly enjoy your work on CBS. It's amazing. Thank You've you had an amazing much. career as a player, obviously. And this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. Thanks so much. <laughs> Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. It's the breakdown. There it is. A win for the ages. That is better than most. Better than most. Maybe. The return to glory on Beyond the Fairways. That was awesome to visit with Dottie Pepper. Many things to get into with the interview. Uh, one of the things I want to get into, and this is what all the golfers we've had on uh, Beyond the Fairways has talked about, playing multiple sports when you're a kid. She had a, a father that played Major League Baseball. Playing multiple sports, obviously, very important in her career. Absolutely. She was a downhill skier. You know, she was. she's just an athlete. I've had daughters. You know, you, you have a... Oh, your, your kids are great athletes and play a variety of sports. But we're in this kind of mode these days where these coaches latch on to your children once once they see them being good athletes and they don't want them to play any other sports. And I think it's critical 
not only for the mental side to give you a break, but also from the physical side to give your body a break from doing all this repetitive, either jumping or swinging or things like that. I was fascinated by what she said the tour players do after their rounds. Yes, much of it spent on the short game, but recovery after rounds and training for speed and trying to recover because the speed of the game has really changed over the last, let's say, five, ten years because of Tiger. Absolutely. And Danny, we all know there's a price to be paid physically by creating all this speed, right? Look, we didn't have as much speed and look at our bodies now. I'm 62 and have had, I don't know, half a dozen surgeries on, on, on different parts of my body. We know that there's a price to be paid, but these kids are doing such advanced work on their body, meaning the cryo stuff, the ice baths every night to try to get that recovery so they could turn around and do it again tomorrow and actually keep a nice long career. Have you thought about, and she talked about this, what Tiger Woods will mean to the Champions Tour? He's a few years out, but what he's going to mean in particular the purses, the attention, and just the prestige of what he'll bring to the Champions Tour. It'll be insane. It will be absolutely insane because I love the Champions Tour. The ratings aren't very good, Danny. There's not a, The events themselves are spectacular. In each little city, and I think there's 26 events, they're wonderfully run. They're okay attended. The St. Louis Ascension Charity Classic is one of the leaders of the pack. I know Strick's event up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin is right up there as well. A good majority of them don't draw a lot of people, and they still raise quite a bit of money because it's very community-oriented, and the tour's business model really, really plays. But to have Tiger jump in there would just take this thing to a level that's never been seen on the Champions Tour. I should have thought about this from the female perspective. I haven't, but what the Live Tour means to the lady golfers because of the Saudis and how women are treated. And I found that really interesting what she had to say. She doesn't like Liv, doesn't like what the tour did in their response to Liv, but being a female and her response to Liv was interesting. It really is. And, Danny, you have two daughters. I have four. I mean, when you think about their record, their human rights records, just the their, that's the dark ages over there still. I, I wasn't surprised, but you heard a lot of passion come in into her voice when she started talking Liv. Jay Delsing, Dan McLaughlin, were presented by Doherty Business Solutions. Coming up, Irons Against Hybrids. Talk about that in our tip segment. That's next on Beyond the Fairways. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tip segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Beyond the Fairways rolls on. We're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Jay, hybrids versus irons. The biggest difference, what do you see? Oh, Danny, the hybrids are so much easier to hit, especially when you compare a a hybrid, a three or four, even a five hybrid compared to a three or four or five iron. I would recommend, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but if your handicap is not below 15, you do not need a five iron in your bag. You should get a couple of hybrids. The nice thing is if you would typically carry a three, four, and a five iron, what we do is get you two hybrids 
and then add a wedge into your game because you're going to need you're going to need that wedge so much more often around the greens in the scoring parts of your game. And what we'll do with those hybrids is instead of having three separate clubs, we'll do like a three and a half and a four and a half, and you won't even know notice the difference. The other thing, Danny, we talked a lot about this about a month or so ago when Augusta came around. There's a lot of benefits to chipping and hitting little pitch shots around the green with those hybrids. The way they're weighted. Danny with the perimeter waiting they just get the ball up in the air so much easier quicker and they're just easier to hit so it's just very forgiving that typical uh, swing with a hybrid is is much more forgiving than what you see with an iron absolutely and the I'm telling you if your handicap is not under 15 get rid of three four and five irons have the longest iron in your bag be a six iron get a couple of hybrids and then add a wedge in there and get fill in some of those gaps as you get closer to the green it's a much better way to play and it's a way to lower your scores does in it, handicap does it change at all where you put it in your stance so the general rule of thumb is you start with your six iron your six or seven iron and you start in the middle of your stance and once the numbers get a little higher seven eight nine go more towards your back foot i'm right-handed so be more towards my right leg and as you get the numbers get lower the 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 fives the fours the the hybrids they go more towards your front or your left leg and so um absolutely that's important Television has changed the game of golf. The purses have exploded. People want to know about these players. Well, there's the Netflix series that is out, Full Swing. It highlights behind the scenes some of the top players, the PGA Tour, but also now with Live. We're going to talk about that coming up. This is Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. The world of golf is ever evolving. It's time for equipment and innovations in golf. On Beyond the Fairways. Beyond the Fairways rolls on, and this is our innovations segment, along with Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin, and we're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Okay, I teased it, the Netflix series, and it's behind-the-scenes look. It's called Full Swing. Behind-the-scenes look of, like, Jordan Spieth, uh, Morikawa was part of it, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Sheffield. JT was in there, Danny. Okay, your initial thoughts as a guy that played, what, almost 30 years on tour and really... You know, you're not staying at the five-star hotels. You're driving from event to event. What was your takeaway when you first saw it? Where was my private jet? Where was <laughs> right. my private jet? I remember Jordan Spieth saying to JT, it's only a 40-minute flight 
to go play a practice round at Southern Hills, and I'm thinking I'm taking a, a plane Incredible. from St. Louis to Atlanta and Atlanta to you know to Tulsa and trying to figure it out that way. I probably would have just wound up driving. Yes, you know, it'd take me six hours to get to Tulsa instead of that. You think about their travel and how much better it has to be on their bodies in terms of the rest now that they get or the practice rounds that they want to get in between tournaments. Danny, and also what about the stress? You know, you're standing out there, you got to grab your stuff, you got to grab a rental car and then go to your hotel. These guys fly into these small little airports. Their luggage never really loses or leaves their sight, right? They put it in the cargo hold, plane lands, their rental cars are right up to their jet and they go right. I mean, it's, it is a breeze. I've had the pleasure and privilege of traveling privately, maybe 15 times in my life. Yeah. I never felt more spoiled ever. Now, you're a guy that is, I love this about, you're not bitter. You love the game. It's given you your life. You're not that guy that says, get off my lawn. So uh, did you appreciate what these guys are doing? And, and how did you take it in as you were watching this? And I guess to an extent, comparing what you went through. Yeah. It, you know what? It made me wish I was better. Yeah. It just made me wish I, I, I would have had a better career. I would have played better, uh, performed better. I These guys are so uber aware and hyper aware of things, Danny. And like when we had the great Curtis Stranger on, he's like, well, we didn't know. Yeah. We, we just didn't know. We didn't have advanced metrics. We didn't have all of these things. And so, I mean, it's hard to not know when you don't know. I thought Netflix did a great job of breaking the tournaments down and kind of giving you insight and inside uh, look at the mental challenge the, of it. How about Brooks Kepka? I mean, did I he sound like I, I, I thought he's going to jump off a building. He sounded so, so sad and clueless. And he was practicing. You talk about innovations. He's at his house. He's in his living room and he's measuring his putts, you know, with the innovations that are now available to these players. Oh yeah. Nobody goes, goes anywhere without their track man and without their a lot of them have these sams putting labs and things like that i mean when you think about how much money though danny is on the line it just makes a whole ton of sense i mean you keep your card today and you're making seven figures seven I mean, figures easily my rookie year i made forty seven thousand. wow how much did that go to, to you win 47000 but your travel expenses, the oh, things yeah. that you, you had to do? I was good at economics, Danny. I think I made about $4 million in my career and probably spent about seven. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> it was one of those deals. We didn't stay at the five-star places. It, it just wasn't like And you like had roommates. That. We had roommates. If, if it just, I mean, the caddies, for example, would bunk up five and six to a hotel room. It's incredible. And Danny, there would only be two beds in there and whomever's player shot the two lowest scores were the caddies that got to sleep in the beds. So they look at you like, come on, man, I'm Please tired of sleeping on the putt. floor. Drop yeah. this putt. Come on, let's go. So let's talk about our betting segment, making you some money when we come back. We've been very good with our picks and our picks of the week is coming up on Beyond the Fairways, presented by Darty Business Solutions. Where do we find the best golfers in the world this week? It's time for the picks segment on Beyond the Fairways. Betting portion of Beyond the Fairways, presented by Doherty Business Solutions. And the stop for the PGA Tour takes us to the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow Golf Club and Golf Course. So looking forward to this one. You know, we've been making people a lot of money so far, so this has been fun. Well, we just come off a big win. Uh, we picked Tony Finau last week. The golf course, Quail Hollow, is a world-class golf course, Danny. In this tournament, it's an elevated event with this 
you know, the, the tour's reaction to live. It's one of the elevated events, but it's been one of the top events on the PGA Tour schedule for a long, long time. It's had some great champions. Ricky Fowler's won there. Rory's won there. Max Homa's the defending champion. It's got, they call it the Green Mile, 16, 17, and 18. It is a hell of a finish. What's interesting, Danny, is we just had the President's Cup there. Right. Jordan Spieth went 5-0 and there. JT won the PGA Championship there. And so we've got a lot. We got a loaded field. It's going to be fun. The key to playing at this particular course is? It's a, a ball hitter's golf course. You got to hit a lot of greens. You got to keep your ball in play. Yeah, it's a, a long golf course. And coming down the stretch, you've really got to be in control, not only of your golf ball, but of your emotions because it is tough. All right, let's start with our dark horse, as we always do that, and then pick our winner. I'm going with Cam Davis as a dark horse. 31st right now in strokes gained. If you go back to last year, tied for 26, but this year, 31st in strokes gained. And that's something you have to keep in mind at this course. No, absolutely. I love that dark. We're going with the Camerons as our dark pick, dark horse picks because I'm going to pick Cameron Young. Cameron Young is knocking on the door to get his first PGA Tour win. I think he's got something like six or seven runner-up finishes already wow. in a very young career. He comes from great golf lineage. His dad's a PGA professional up in, uh, I think it's up in New York. I, I like his golf swing. I like his disposition. He's got great rhythm. And Danny... We've been on fire. If you guys have been listening to our podcast, you are banking some dough. I'm going to take your advice and go with a guy that uh, has had an up-and-down season so far, Rory McIlroy. He's won at this particular course, so that's my pick to win this year. You know what I love about Rory? First of all, I love the human being that he is. I've had the pleasure of meeting him, but coming off some rest, he had a bad Masters tournament, hasn't played since, and he really has taken on the mantle of the PGA Tour, Danny, in terms of being the front guy. Tiger will always be that guy, but Rory's been there right next to him, and that takes its toll, so I'm glad to see him get some rest. And I'm going this week with the reigning U.S. Open champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick. You know, he played down at Zurich with his brother, and they had three really good rounds. They had a really tough Sunday uh, to drop dramatically from the leaderboard, but he's a world-class player been in good form lately all right buddy this is always fun our thanks to Dottie pepper and we've got great guests go back and look at our archives on those guests on beyond the fairways presented by doherty business solutions always fun to do this jaybird can't wait danny thanks for being with me and look forward to being with you next week 